Welcome everybody to Who's Your Band? I'm excited today uh, because one, Sean and I are back. How are you, Sean? I'm wonderful. We all, I think all three of us had great shows this weekend. I, th- I think we did, man. And this was, this was a, this was a great weekend. This was a great week for shows. I, I think we can, with a lot of confidence, say comedy is back. Entertainment is back. Yeah. And I think we're only moving forward. I agree hundred percent. All right. So let's get into this right away because yeah. this is going to be a fun one. And we know we're both looking forward to this guy. Oh, I am. Um, he has been part of the Boston Comedy Festival. You can see him perform all over New York uh, City, Long Island, New Jersey. Uh, he has been known as the Long Island Sean Morton. <laughs> let's give it up for Sean's pal, my pal, everyone's good time boy give it up for our buddy mr mike keegan today mike keegan oh guys thanks so much for having me what's up fellas uh we, uh, we've been looking forward to having you mike yeah we, i agree oh this all day awesome i think we're, we're putting an end to the rumor that mike keegan and sean morton are the same person we put it and <laughs> we put it into that four years ago when I booked Mike on a show in New Jersey along with John Consoli, simply for two reasons. Uh, actually, three reasons. One, Mike is a very very funny comedian. Number two, I had never actually worked with Mike, and it was one of my one of the people that I really wanted to work with. Uh, finally, and number three, I needed a photo op, so yeah. that way we can actually prove that we were in the same place at the same time. And it literally was the first time we were in the same place at the same it time. It was. I think we we Sean, Sean Morton, Mike Keegan, John Casoli. Yes. <laughs> what the fuck was this stage made out of? What kind of concrete? What a short, chubby show that was. Huh? <laughs> a short, chubby show. Yeah, like a lot of sweat in that show. <laughs> there was a lot. There was a lot. I felt I felt empowered being the tallest person on that show oh, and yeah. not having the biggest tits. It was a great show for me. <laughs> That, let me tell you something. That that is that is one. That's a very funny show, and it's a show of all good guys. But man, they, was there like? Did they feed you guys? They didn't want to. They had no choice. <laughs> oh, here we go. If we're two minutes in, we start with fat jokes. Fucking short little prick. <laughs> Let's address the elephants in the room. Why not? <laughs> oh, here, listen. I'm seventy years old. And I bench four hundred pounds, and I'm five foot three. Okay, shut up, jerk. <laughs> you gonna win this one? We're let's not, let's we're, bring a chihuahua to fight with a pit bull. Let's do that today. Okay. Let's, yeah. We, by the way, we're not even two minutes into the show. Okay. Right. <laughs> that that that's what we, that's what the show is about today, people. That's what this show is about. Um, so let's talk a little bit with Mike Keegan. I mean, listen, we all hang out. We, me and Mike just did a show together on Thursday. You know, we all we all work together. We're all friends. But um, for people who don't really know you, Mike, um, tell us a little bit about you, your background, um, how you got started in comedy. All right. I'm uh, I'm from Long Island. Um, I live I live right by Governor's Comedy Club. I'm, I'm like five minutes away from Governor's Comedy Club. And did you uh, I, did you grow up there? I grew up there. Yeah, I grew up five minutes up the road and I, I've started loving stand up comedy because my, my dad used to work nights and he would get home at like two o'clock in the morning. I'd sneak downstairs with him. And we watched the specials, the Richard Jenny's, the Bobby Collins special. And we and we used to lo- love watching comedies. So then once I got to be like 15, 16, I started hanging out at Governor's Comedy Club. And it's right up the block. And all my favorite comedians were coming there. You know, it's, it's an A room. It's a great room. And uh, so I, I hung out there until I was, you know, for 10 years before I even got on stage. I always wanted to, but I never knew how to get on stage. I didn't know what to do. And uh, I was working. I was uh, I got ended up getting laid off my job. And I, um, <clears throat> I saw that they do a comedy class at Governor's. And after you graduate, you get to go on stage and do a show. I'm like, I'm going to get to perform at Governor's. That's awesome. Like, you know, I've seen, I saw Jerry Seinfeld on that stage. I saw Dice on that stage. Um, so that's kind of how I started. The first time I really actually got on stage, I was, uh, it was about, probably about two years before that. I was in Ireland for St. Patrick's Day. And I was really drunk at a bar with a bunch of my friends and a bunch of people were getting on stage at this bar and singing. And my friends made me get up there and like tell like, you know, awful street jokes, terrible street jokes. But it got some laughs. And I'm like, I love this. I love being on stage and making people laugh. So once I came back here, I, uh, I started doing the classes of governors and doing open mics and stuff after that. You think comedy classes really work? I, I yes. don't think I think I think it 
gave me the confidence to have to be to go on stage and know what I'm going to say for five to seven minutes. Yeah. It doesn't were, make you funny. It doesn't make you funny. Those the jokes I, I had were terrible, but it gave me five minutes of things to say where I could work on that at open mics, work on my delivery and then start learning how to write my own jokes and be funny, you know, because it, it was really five minutes that somebody else wrote for me that wasn't funny because they don't know me that, you know, right. and uh, so I don't think they necessarily who was worked. teaching. The, who was teaching the class? It was uh, John Trusen. Ah, OK. Uh, yes. He was the manager and booker mm -hmm. over at Governor's. And I mean, I, I think it just gave me, you know, I, I knew now what I could say for five minutes rather than just standing there looking at the, you know, microphone. Now, now I, Thursday night, I ran into your uncle and yeah. he, he was telling his story that when you were either eight or nine years old, you were, <laughs> and we, were you at a wedding or something. It was and you went up and, birthday party for my aunt and you went up and started telling jokes and you were funny, yeah. they said. Yeah, you know, it was it was jokes that like I heard on the radio or something. It was like uh, you know, things I heard on like Z one hundred, you know. But <laughs> they weren't they weren't my jokes or anything, but they my cut my cousins got up on stage. I have two male cousins that are my age and we grew up together. They got up and they were singing like Billy Joel songs and we were all like eight, nine years old. And then I did, you know, stuff that I, you know, I wanted to tell jokes that I heard on the radio and they were terrible, but you know, it was I guess uh, you know, people got a kick out of it because it's an eight year old kid talking about his penis on stage, you know. Now he's 36 talking about his penis on stage. <laughs> exactly. I love the idea that you grew up in the shadows of a comedy club and then yeah. actually went back and perform. What was that like for you to like back was, and perform at, at the club that like you grew up, you know, admiring? It, it was awesome. Cause like I said, the governor's, you know, was my Yankee stadium. That was uh, right. You know, it was uh, cause it was such a good club. I've been to like, you know, even before the first time I got on stage there, and I went to like shitty clubs, like the the ones the, the the tourist trap clubs in the city a lot, and you know. But but governors are always where I saw like legitimate real comics that I saw on TV. So when I got to be on that stage, it was really it was all I, I remember driving there, and I was just nervous. I'm like, I'm gonna be on the stage where I saw Jerry Seinfeld two years ago, and I saw Dice there ten times, and Robert Schimmel, and uh, it was it was awesome. It was it was really cool. Um, and it was cool because we're in the green room and the bathroom in the green room at Governor's. They they remodeled it now. But right after Seinfeld had ended, uh, Jerry Seinfeld was doing a, a week residency at Governor's and he had it in his contract that they had to build a, a full bathroom with a with a shower for him to use while he was there for the week. And they that they called the Jerry Seinfeld bathroom. And I'm like, this is the bathroom that they built for Jerry Seinfeld. And also he never used it the whole week after they built this whole fucking bathroom for him. But, uh, you know, it's just, you okay, see the James got a few dollars. He can, he can afford to put it. <laughs> <figure out. laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It was, sure. it was, was there a club that, that like when you were growing up that you like, when you looked at like, like Mike, you looked at governors as kind of like, like he said, like Yankee saying, that's a great analogy. Was there a club like that? Uh, for you that you got to work at you know it was kind of like uh i've had moments was it the cove yeah yeah <laughs> fuck that place um yeah no i've had moments like you know when you and, and mike's worked there too uh, when, when you step on the stage of the borgata that was like a very surreal experience mm. too but yeah. i got one coming up i'm doing the, i'm doing a theater uh in lakewood new jersey called the strand theater oh, and, I'm that's and, I'm, and i'm headlining it and like i'm looking and i'm like carlin headlined this theater that's awesome. You know, I've never worked there, but that's one of those, that's one of the places like, you know, so that's kind of like a cool thing, you know, but I think, uh, you know, I always look forward to the next place. I, I don't really care um, where we perform, but there's always been some cool plays. Like Caroline's is always fun, was fun to play. Gotham yeah. was great to play, you know, headlining Levity Live was, was fun. Like the bigger names, when you start putting yourself in like um, a different situation, when you, like, like you just said, Mike, when you see, the people that you loved growing up and like, you see your name on the same flyer. Like I did that at like, uh, I think it was uh laugh it up in, in Poughkeepsie yeah. like headline there New Year's Eve. And like the next week was like Bobby Kelly. And the week after that was Norton. And the week yeah. after that was like Voss. And I'm like, what the like, fuck am I doing headlining New Year's Eve here when these assholes are playing? Norton, here the Bobby Kelly, Rich Voss. I mean, that's all you put yourself. You know, yeah. It's, it's fun. It's, it's a fun thing to do. You guys get nervous when it's a room like that, like you know, when when it's a club that you've been to several times. But when it's when it's a theater, does do you have to psych yourself up a little bit more, or or does it take on a little bit more importance to you, or is it just like 
matter of fact. I I get a little intimidated when it's a theater I'm working for the first time. First of all, most of the time it's you're working for a new booker and you want to you want to make a good impression on them. So there's that little bit of pressure that's on your shoulders. But uh, <clears throat> but also theaters are a lot different, like with your delivery and your timing, because, mm-hmm. the, you know, the laughs, right. the laughs take, take longer to get to the stage. So, you, you know, for your first and couple you can't of minutes, rely on crowd work as much in a theater. Exactly. It's different. And I, I prefer a little gritty, dirty comedy clubs. I mean, that's but and theaters are always a, a thrill. But uh, yeah, I get I guess I get a little more intimidated, like in, in a theater situation. Well, Mike, didn't you also um, open for Richie Byrne over at the St. George Theater? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was really cool. Um, that was probably the nicest theater I performed at. And it was me and Richie and Chris Roach. And again, that was another thing where it's you have to your first couple of minutes on stage. You're working on your delivery and timing because it takes a while for the laughs to get to the stage. And uh, like I said, you can't really see anyone in the audience. Uh, you can't really rely on crowd work or anything when you get stuck or anything. And it was uh, it was that was definitely more intimidating than when I, when I work at clubs. Yeah, that's a, that's a beautiful, beautiful room. Sean, that is the theater where if you saw the movie uh, uh, School of Rock, mm-hmm. you know, the 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 final scene yep. you know, where the big concert is, that's where it was filmed. Yeah, it's a, beautiful and I think a lot of episodes of Glee. I didn't know that at all. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there anything, any places that uh, you'd like to play now? Like, is there, what's still on the bucket list for you guys? I'd like to go back to the Borgata. That was always my favorite gig. I did two weeks, you know, two weeks there. And I don't think they're doing the, comedy yet. I don't yeah, think they, it's over next yet. month. Actually, end of, end of this month, beginning of next month, they're starting back. Yeah. Oh, nice. But, okay. Different good. bookers. So it's, uh, it's, you know, it's Chris Mazzilli booking it now. It used to be uh, Richie Minervini. So they don't really know me there now. You know, Richie used to book me and he knew me. But uh, the places that are on the bucket list, I, nothing really in in New York or anything, but I'd like to do, you know, obviously the, the comedy store. I'd like to go out into L.A. And uh, I did I did the Ice House out in Pasadena. That was that was an awesome room, but I never made it to the comedy store. So that's all that's on my bucket list and like the laugh factories and stuff. Fuck the fucking comedy store. Let me tell you, it, it's it's such bullshit out there, you know, because like, it, first of all, New York comics really don't do well out there. You got to really change your style out there. I mean, I, I've I performed out there and they just look at me like, who is this obnoxiously loud? They do, they the same way here. What are you talking about? Yes. But here's the thing, Jeffrey, um, I make money doing this. <laughs> okay. And your point is that means people like me and they think I'm good and they keep asking me back. They and gosh darn it, they like me. Yes. <laughs> and I did the whole thing at the comedy store. And it's like, you know, it's you can have as many credits as you want on the East Coast. And yeah. they're like, okay, that's great. Go sign up and put your name in a bucket and maybe you'll get two minutes <laughs> on, on the stage. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's so weird, but I've met a lot of great people out there too. I mean, I have, I've had half hour conversations with Sebastian and Steve Ranazzisi and and Rogan and all these people out there. I mean, it's it's a great place to hang if you go exactly. to the store because all you have to do is just hang outside. You don't have to perform. You just hang outside and you see yeah. everybody and their mother walking by. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. You know what? I find the difference between doing comedy in New York and L.A. is especially between New York and LA comics is I think New York comics are grittier and are happy and satisfied being comics. I think LA comics kind of use stand up as a platform, as a vehicle for a writing job or an acting job, something in movies. It's not, it doesn't have the same grit that we have here. I have no desire to be on, on TV. I want to work in comedy clubs and be, you know, didn't just headline comedy clubs. And that's, I don't really care to be an actor. Well, you're, you're a fool because you could play the John Panette story. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm working on that. I'm working on my memoir for uh, John. And I've I've always said, if anybody ever writes a John Candy uh, biopic, I'm fucking (laughs) punching everybody in the face (laughs) and I'm I'm making sure I get that role. Mike, if they if they started, you found out they were writing the John Panette story. Okay, <laughs> would you seek out an audition? A hundred percent. I would do whatever it takes. I would. I think I would, all you have to do is show up. Before exactly, <laughs> I would do whatever. It takes. <laughs> Walking three blocks to the studio, I guess. I don't know, but yeah. No, no because, because but... casting is really all about type. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I couldn't see them casting anybody else to play John Panette. That's right. Yeah. That's right. They're, they're, um, they're, they're, they're not booking uh, you know, Mark Norman to play John Panette. Yeah. It's it pisses me off when I watch that show, This Is Us. You know, they had, they had the, the husband who's married to the heavy girl, right? Yeah. Big old fat dude. All of a sudden, the next season, he's not fat anymore. Fucking guy was wearing a fat suit the whole time. You, exactly. you're, telling, you're telling me there was not one goddamn good-looking chubby actor who could have taken that spot? You had to pick like a fucking uh, like a semi-wannabe fat guy and put a fat suit on him? Piss me off. Hey, you know yeah, now I don't know how those Asian actors feel when they have a white guy play an Asian guy and they all get yeah. upset. You put a real fat in there. Exactly. You know what, do you know, what, you know what fat guy I'm obsessed with? Do you, do you ever watch the uh, the commercial for Ozempic? Uh, oh, I, I oh, oh, Ozempic. You ever see that one commercial? It's like this guy, he was on, I think, Mike and Molly. Oh, yeah, Billy Gardell. Yeah. Okay, Billy like, Gardell. And, yes, you know, you're right. Yeah. I want this guy's life. You know, he's you know, In the commercial, he's filming something. He would be fat yeah. and diabetic? Is what you want I, to let me tell you something. He <laughs> makes fat and diabetic look like... like, like like a wonderful, I like listen it's better than anything that any of us right. have going Let on. Let me explain That's something to you. Okay, I want to be brought up on stage from now on. He makes fat and diabetic. <laughs> Let me explain something to you, Jeff, because you're you're just a semi-fat guy, but you're gonna get there soon. Don't worry. Uh, Mike, I'm working will, on it. Mike will attest to this too. No fat man ever goes to the park. Number one, and <laughs> brings fucking exercise bands and is I doing love this that. That, in a park. Yeah, he got exercise bands. You no, know the commercial. No fat guy is bringing no cups He's running and is circle. running fucking drills in a cup. No, <laughs> it doesn't work. You know what fat guys do in the park? They and eat not ice cream. Yeah, they, I yeah. sit on a bench. Yeah, we sit on a bench and we eat ice cream in shame. <laughs> That's what we do. Dude, you couldn't have... Were you fucking spying on me today? Because that was... I went to the gym today and then, like, before I came home, okay, me and my wife go out for, for, for a walk. We take the dog out. There's an ice cream truck. Am I, am I passing up on the ice cream truck? No. 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 That's what we do. Yeah. My whole You're goal for this podcast right. is for two things, to get Jeff very fat and to get a new co-host. That's the only two <laughs> things I want out of this podcast. <laughs> we, the Jeff's one knee injury away from becoming a fat guy, I think. Oh, I, you, know, you know what I want him to get to? I don't even want him to get super fat. I just want him to get gout. Like, I want him <laughs> to get really bad gout. Like, where his foot just becomes like a salt, like a, like a freaking baseball. Like, just fucking big toe like this. That's all like, I want. Or what I could do. If I can get, like, a mild strand of COVID, where, like, like, like I, I can't eat for three weeks... I think yeah. that would put me in the right direction. I'm or right like, now teetering. I could like go a mild way stroke right that would actually level off your speaking. <laughs> uh, wait, do I have wait? Do I have use of my limbs? Only one. If I get the stroke. No, no. I need and, to have both. Once in a while, it acts up, and you and you don't really have use of it. All right, but, I'll no, give you. I'll give you your dominant jerk off arm. <laughs> and the opposite wait, do I get the leg. Left? What about the what about the no? I need I need all limbs. I need to be able to to, to walk and lift. We're My wife can't carry us up. Broke right now. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'll take something where again I need three weeks where I where I can like not, not have an appetite, not eat, and then I think I'd be I'd be fine. I need three weeks though. My mom's meatloaf. <laughs> twenty. I lose twenty pounds in three weeks and You'll, all of a sudden I'm, I'm back to being great i'm i'm, I'm young again all right so you so slow down you, let's just be happy with 20 pounds young again <laughs> I'm young again. Fucking you know 20 pounds for me is the fountain of youth jesus That's christ right. hoover was president when you were born for christ's sake he was not president <laughs> when i was born <laughs> hoover, <he> was, <laughs> hoover wow. was president during the great depression yeah, twenty that pounds old. means Sean is like throwing a a, a, ch a chair off the deck of the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like Sean, I just have I just have broccoli rob and I'm down I'm down fifteen pounds. Yeah, that's, that's after what, that. yeah. Uh, what, what what did you deep fry it in? Fucking broccoli rob. <sighs> See, this is where you don't understand because you're not Italian. Yeah, I'm the most Italian person in the world. We're I'm we're having dinner right after this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> What a saint! What a saint! <laughs> All right, so Keegan, so let, let's 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 go back to some other stuff here. Uh, okay, so you're you're doing comedy, and what was the first gig you got paid for? First gig I got paid for it was it was, uh, it was this place called the the Plaza Arts Theater, and it was like a tiny little movie theater. The room probably holds about 
30 people and it's, it's uh, like stadium seating in this tiny little like black box kind of room. And the guy who runs the show, uh, he goes, uh, we just all split the door evenly. So eight people showed up to this show. And after the show, it, it went it went okay. It was like my first paying gig, and I was I did five minutes and a decent five minutes. After the show, uh, after eight people show up, the booker goes, "Okay, I'll send you a check this week." Four days later, later I get a check for seven dollars and forty cents. Ah, <laughs> kind of love it. But and you know what? It was the most thrilling check I've ever gotten in my life. You, you like, still remember it, right? I'm professional now. You yeah. still remember it. Um, exactly. Let me let me ask you guys both this. I love the this is my favorite part about comedy. I love talking about the hell gigs. Okay. Sean, worst hell gig or hell gig story. Worst hell. I mean, I've had a, I've had a few. Um, I did a black lesbian wedding. <laughs> they saw me at a show. They liked me and they booked me and they were like, uh, I'm like, all right, I'll do like, you know, 10, 15 in between like, you know, dinner and the, and the, what do you call it? And dessert. They go, no, no, no. We want you to do 45. I go, I said, let me explain something to you. You don't, your black auntie from, from Virginia, who's driving up from this wedding, does not want to see my dumb face do comedy for 45 minutes. She wants did to go. Did you say auntie? I did. I said auntie. Auntie, actually. <laughs> auntie, yeah. Auntie. We're so white. We're so white because I didn't correct you. I'm like, yeah, I know you. Now talking. I want to kill him. Now I want to kill you. <laughs> so I said, listen, I'm not doing 45. And she goes, how much will it cost you? So I gave her a ridiculous number and she goes, no problem. I said, it's got to be in between dinner and dessert. Okay. They walk out, the bride and the bride walk out and uh, they do the first dance and they go, and now for your entertainment for the evening, it was right at the fucking beginning of the wedding. And five minutes into the wedding, the Radio Shack microphone broke. So I'm screaming in the middle of a freaking dance floor. Are they listening to you? No, they hated me. (laughs) They fucking hated me. Jeff, I can go on for hours with hell gigs. Hours. What's another one? And then we'll get to Keegan. Yeah, I love I love Cal gigs. Oh God, let's think let's think of another great one. Um, Mike, jump in. I'm gonna think of one. You 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 tell right. me one of yours. I have like two, and then I want to talk about one yesterday that really could have been a hell gig. But the first one that comes to mind is uh, I was work I'm working with uh, Gallo and McNeely, George Gallo, Terry McNeely, yep. and they were the first ones really to bring me on the road and give me real shows, and they brought me to open for them all over the place. Wait, hold on a second, Keegan. Are you like at a nursery school or something? This is a six-year-old playing in her dollhouse uh, right across from me. <laughs> um, that is your that is your communist girlfriend's uh, daughter. Who is adorable, by the way. Yes, yes. I saw her Thursday. She is a cute little kid. Adorable. So um, <laughs> this is hilarious. But um, okay, yeah, so the first one that comes to mind: working with Gallon McNeely, and they were doing like the Road Rage comedy tour. Mm-hmm. So oh, I remember that. Sure. That was, was just being all we were going to like bars, just bars and doing like like guerrilla shows and just pop, nobody knew we were coming. So the one that was really the worst was this place called Rudy's. It was a biker bar here on Long Island. And they had known Gallo. He had done shows there. So when Gallo goes there, all the bikers, they just mess with them and they, they heckle and they get nasty and they throw things and they get drunk. But here I am. I'm, I'm a brand new comic and this is my first time. But they're thinking that they could treat me the same way that they treated Gallo. And I was just mortified. They, they, six of them just set up their seats four inches from the stage and everything that comes out of my mouth, they're just, they're just throwing things at me and just telling me I suck. And I lasted like three minutes and I left. Oh. And that was like a, that was one of the first ones. Another one was, um, I, uh, I was doing a, a Christmas party in a transmission shop. I was doing the Christmas party and um, wow. it was, <laughs> that, 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 that sounds so promising. I, I can't believe that didn't go well. I thought it would. Cause like there were like legitimate people, like, like uh, there was a band playing there and the band was, uh, it was Joe rock from WBAB and mm-hmm. Mark Mendoza from twisted sister. Were oh, in the sure, band, yeah. You know? So, and I'm like, all right, there's like decent people here. It's going to be good. But when they, they do, when the comedians go up, is uh, they have the boss, he sits in his office and he plays sound effects while the comedian's up. So every uh, joke I told, you hear a bomb sound effect or oh. wah, 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 wah. I'm like, oh, I hate that. Like that stupid Staten Island fucking television show, right? It's it was, the, do you remember that? The, the Staten Island comedy show. Oh my God. Never I did it Cummings. once. I did it Freddie one Conchie. time. 
I did it one time. And at, Mike, it, they have a, a, a guy playing drums behind you. So <laughs> after every punchline, you hear, oh, God. I, I wanted to murder this oh. guy by the end of the show. It's so disappointing. I've, I've had shows show. like the DJ and they try to do that. And the first time they do it, I'm like, don't you dare do that my whole set. I'm like, that. I'm going to fight you if you keep doing that shit. It's, it sucks. Um, <laughs> yesterday, I'm doing a show, though. I got hired to do this private party yesterday. It was a uh, surprise birthday party for this guy. And his wife calls me up. They hired me and the money was so good. I usually hate doing these things. It was in Connecticut. The wife calls me up, thick Russian accent. And she goes, uh, she goes, you know, me and my friends, we are not really into comedy. So if we get up and have cigarette, don't be offended. Uh, my husband and his friends, I don't know if they like comedy. They might get up. Don't be offended. My parents don't speak English. So if they get up, don't be offended. So my words, everyone just going to get up during my set? And leave? <laughs> Why are you paying me all this money to do a show? And uh, it ended up being okay. Uh, it was it was outdoors and hot. So it was, it's kind of rough, but. Oh, you must love that. Outdoors and hot. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's my <laughs> yeah. favorite. That's Sean's favorite. I did it last he night. A, you yeah. love a good outdoor and hot show. Oh, listen, man. Well, let me we tell did you it something. over the summer, remember? Oh, God. <laughs> l- l- last night for me, man, was like, it, it was very strange because, like, again, I get very cranky when I got to work outside. And I told, and it was a friend of mine who booked it. I was like, listen, uh, I would not normally do this, but since you're a piece of shit, I'm wearing shorts tonight. And there's not really uh, anything you could do about it. So I got there and it was an outdoor show on a lake. It was 160 people in folding and in, in beach chairs, oh, just chilling out. <laughs> and they were they were fantastic. I couldn't see anything, but they were fantastic. Yeah, exactly. But I, I I did a new opening uh, a new opening joke where I said, uh, uh, "Who's gotten vaccinated?" First thing I said, and people start uh, you know clapping, and I go, "All right, honestly, who hasn't gotten vaccinated?" And it was like ten of them. I go, "Please do me a favor. It's not a political thing. I need you to go get vaccinated tomorrow." Except for one reason <laughs> and one reason only. I am six three, three hundred and forty pounds. I am fucking tired of working outside. I need clubs to open at a hundred percent capacity. I need air conditioning, four walls and a green room and chicken fingers. Please get your vaccine. I I don't know, man. I think I did a show last night. It couldn't have been more crowded it, all indoors. I'm, I'm telling you, man, clubs seem to be back. Things- I think they are too. You know, yeah. I, you know, I've, been, I've been working some of the clubs, you know, in the past couple of weeks, and they are back and the crowds are the best because these are people, That's right. you know, if you don't want to go out, you're going to sit in your basement and, and because it's acceptable right now. These are people that have been inside. They want to be out and the crowds have been so good. Yeah, this is no, that's no way to live. I want to, I want to share a hell gig with you guys because you know like the comics that I I, I did it with. Um, th- this is my first year in comedy and I, um, I'm middling for Freddie Rubino and Tommy Gooch is hosting. And this is a gig out in the Bronx. And when we get there, it's billed as steak and comedy. So steak got the t- top billing over comedy, right? And listen, in my book, it does too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so steak, so they're there primarily for the steak and there's going to be comedy. And it, you, we walk in the room and it's it's crowded. There's got to be at least a hundred and some odd people there. But like most of them, I'm going to say 80% of the crowd are 80 years and over. Okay. I've never worked a crowd like that you know, at that time. Like I said, about a year into comedy, not even. And um, I go up and Freddie goes before he goes, just kill as much time as possible. You know, as opposed to do 15, just do as much time as possible. So I want to do as much time as possible. I go up first seven minutes. I'm doing fine. It's going great. Okay. Then I do a pre-cum joke. I didn't have a lot of bullets in my <laughs> arsenal. Okay. This is what I had. And now they fucking hate me. Okay. But I want, I keep going. So I keep playing. Like there's maybe 20 people. 35 years. <laughs> and, and I figure, Hey, they're going to relate to this. Right. What do I know? They're going to relate to pre-cum, you know, you know, moving at the speed of pre-cum. That was, that was, that was the, the joke. I forgot what the rest of it was. It's a, it was a horrible joke. And, uh, there were like maybe 20, 40 year olds in the back of the room. So I played the rest of the set to them. I ate up 20 minutes and, you know, for the, for but really for the next 13 minutes, this crowd couldn't hate me fucking more. Okay. <laughs> and it was just brutal. Another time, Mike out in long Island. Okay. I forgot who booked it. 
Um, but I was co-headlining with J.J. Boyd. Do you know him? I don't know. Yeah. I know. Okay. So um, he he brought a, he brought a, an opener. I brought an opener, and um, whoever was hosting it. And there was this guy in the crowd, and he's fucking with everybody. I mean, everybody he's fucking with. And like you know, it's out in the Hamptons. I have I have to drive two and a half hours to get out there. I get, I yeah. go there and I mean, the host goes on Boyd's, uh, my, my opener goes on Boyd's opener, uh, goes on. And I think, I think I had Freddie G with me, you know, Freddie G. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He's a Queens comic. Right. So sure. I'm like, Fred, I go, if this guy fucks with me, I'm telling you, I'm going after him right away. And <laughs> yeah. sure enough, I'm up there a minute and he goes, he goes after me. And now I make it weird. I mean, I'm lacing into him like it's it's on. It's Staten Island Street. I go after him. And after about 12 minutes, him and his table get up and leave. Oh, really? Right? Yeah. yeah. And you were and, first to go after him? Well, I'm, it was it was I was he had messed with the other three comics. And they the didn't. only one that was left, Boyd was going to close the show, but we were doing the same amount of time. OK, yeah. so now I've been up there for 12 minutes and just fighting with this one guy. Oh. The whole time. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm going to die on this hill. Right. <laughs> so, but now I just made it weird in the room. So I saw, man, let me try a little crowd work. I, so I'm like, you I'm like, sir, you're married guy sitting there like this arms folded, move on. I'm like, no, now I'm fucking angry. I'm like, I'm not moving on. I go, I'll go, I, this will be the rest of the show. I will just keep sitting here asking you if you're married. And now the crowd starts to get on my side. Yeah, exactly. So he answers and okay. And now and so now I'm getting a little momentum with, with the set. It's going okay. I you know, I, I start with this uh woman and she's being a dick. So now I go after her. The set the set's over and I walk out of the room and I'm fucking pissed. But I also realized I left my glasses and my comedy book on the bar, and the guy and his table are <laughs> at the bar. And and I go, I have to go through them to get the book. Okay. <laughs> And so as I'm walking my, uh, up to them, you know, I hear them going, that's the guy, that's the guy. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, it, it, I put, I put my cell phone in my pocket and I'm like, if they're going to, if they're going to kick the shit out of me, at least I'm going after that guy. That was my plan. Yeah. It's like to go up and, and just get, get that guy. I'll take the beating <laughs> from the rest of them, but I'm going to, I'm going to lay it on that guy. Yeah. Okay. So I go up, so I go up to get the book and the guy goes to me with you guy on stage. I'm like, yeah, I go, because you go, you should know that because you're the guy who kept interrupting me. And he's like, look, I'm sorry. I'm embarrassed. I'm drunk. You know, he goes, I was just sticking around. And he goes, I just wanted to buy you a drink to apologize. And, you know, he thought he was helping the show. It's always, yeah. But I drove two and a fuck half hours, okay, to this gig to just exactly. fight with the crowd. It was like uh, such a shit. I, I can almost top that. I can almost top that. Get it, John on, a on a Thursday, I break my tooth, right? <laughs> and I got to go to the dentist and they put a temporary crown in my mouth, right? So now I'm off on Friday because I'm going out and working out in Governor's, right? So it's, eight, you know, eight o'clock show. It's only about three o'clock because that's what you have to do when you go out today. Did you get there on time? Yeah, dude, it took me five hours to get there. That's oh, the story. Oh, so I'm on stage and I'm, uh, I'm hosting for Vic at this point. And... I get back. I'm, I'm, it was Saturday morning. I, I went to the dentist in the morning, had the temporary put in, and I'm on stage. And there's this typical Long Island, I'm sorry, Mike, trash. Okay, she's sitting <laughs> right in the front, sitting right in the front, and she has her feet on the stage. And I go, "Ma'am, do you mind taking your feet off the stage? I'm trying to work here." Doesn't listen to me. Who are you, William Stevenson? <laughs> I, I, I think it's the height of, of disrespect. Ninety-five percent of the shows that I do with these clubs here, that somebody's got their feet on the stage. I, I, I drives me insane. It absolutely <laughs> drives me insane. So I'm going on, and then you know she takes them off, she puts them back on. I'm like, I thought we had this conversation already, right? Now she leaves them on, and now she's yapping, and she will not shut up. And now people oh, are starting Jesus. to get pissed. So now as I'm, as people are booing her, I feel something happen in my mouth. Like, what the fuck is this? My temporary falls out as I'm on stage and she's yapping and arguing with the people that she can talk with as long as she wants, because she bought a ticket and my temporary comes out and I go, ma'am, <sighs> your voice is so fucking bad. You're making my teeth fall out. <laughs> <laughs> and I never, to this day, I have never had an eruption like I heard. I was going to say it was a six minute. 
destroyed. It was a six minute, just nonstop to the point where she had, she actually went in tears and walked out of the show. (laughs) (laughs) How does Vic follow that? (laughs) By telling me, Hey, I like that joke that you did on stage. I'm going to do that later. That's another story for us. <laughs> oh, man. We're opening up cans of worms tonight. <laughs> it was oh, in the green room yanking out his wisdom tooth. Exactly. <laughs> I'll tell you another another really good one. Then we'll switch over to music because it is a music podcast. Yes. Um, so I'm in Knights of Columbus in Booton. And it's huge. It's like 400 people in there. It's all dudes. There's no men. There's no uh, women in the show. It's only guys at the show. So I'm I'm doing the middle spot. And I'm doing some crowd work. I see this old guy in the front. And I go, anybody celebrating anything today? And he goes, it's my birthday. He was really nice. I go, how old are you? He goes, 85. I'm like, that's fantastic, right? He goes, it's also my 60th wedding anniversary. I'm like, oh, it's fantastic. Dude, this is awesome. I'm like, you're Italian, right? And he goes, yeah, you know it. And he's laughing. He's smiling. And I go, oh, come on, 85, man. You don't even need Viagra at a ta- when you're Italian at 85, right? It's all that olive oil and garlic. It gets it up right away. This guy next to him stands up and goes, are you talking about fucking my mother? <laughs> and I go, oh, I go, relax. We're having fun. He goes, yeah, say it again. I'm going to fucking shoot you in the parking lot dead. And I go, everybody hears this, right? There's 400 Holy people sh- tell me he's good. He stands up and lifts his shirt up and he's packing. He's got a fucking piece right in his belt. Right. So I'm doing this joke oh my about, my, about my cell phone and I, I'm opening for uncle Floyd. I have all people, the nicest, <laughs> sweetest man alive. Right. You got to pack heat when you go. Yeah. Oh my God. And the book is in the back of the room. I'm doing this whole joke about my phone and I go, get my check ready. And I text him from the stage <laughs> i played into the act and i get off stage people are laughing whatever as i get off stage the guy stands up and i'm walking through and he's following me to the freaking parking lot oh my I, texted, I had i had i was like i'm gonna get the fuck out of here right i literally did one of these the guy had the check in the air i snatched it and i <laughs> ran out the front door and this guy was actually he was made it to the door while i got to my car Holy did you shit. actually run? I my fat. Well, let me tell you something. I'm a fat ninja when I need to be. Believe me. <laughs> you pull a gun on me, you're gonna. I'm gonna be freaking Usain Morton for Christ's sake. <laughs> it didn't look like a run to like normal people, but it felt like a run for like. Oh, me. let me tell you, man. That was that was bad. That was that, a bad situation. Wow. Wild. So let's let's switch gears here a little bit. So Kings, yes, the, the name of the show is Who's Your Band, and your favorite band is Black Sabbath, right? They are my favorite band, yeah. They're your favorite, you know, like, like we have spoke about Sabbath before, but we we're we're cool talking about Sabbath all okay. the time. Um, your favorite incarnation of Sabbath, Ozzy? Is it with Dio or Gillen? It, it's it's definitely with Ozzy. I love I love Dio and I love Dio Sabbath, but uh, definitely Ozzy. I'm just a huge Ozzy fan. Um, you know, it, I, I I love Ozzy solo. That's a, you know just one of my favorite things are just Ozzy solo but Ozzy Sabbath is my favorite favorite band my favorite music of all time how'd you get into Sabbath you know I have I have older cousins they're much older than me and uh so when I when we'd have family functions I'd be in their room while they're beating the shit out of me with Sabbath in the background they were all big you know they listened to a lot more uh you know a lot of Sabbath Van Halen and stuff like that so that's how I got into those bands but my cousin Artie was a huge Sabbath fan I remember that do you have a favorite album uh, I don't really have a favorite album. I don't, um, no, I don't. Okay. If you have to name three desert Island Sabbath songs, mm-hmm. what are you going with? And we could do Ozzy era if you want. Uh, yeah, I would go, uh, Mr. Crowley is probably one of my favorite songs of all time. That's Ozzy though. That, yeah, that's- that, let's go Sabbath. Um, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. That's a great song. Yeah, love that song. That's probably the first song that really turned me on to them. Um, uh, oh, man. Get a writer's block on it. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Like three you, Sean Morton. Three Sabbath songs. I'm going to Three go. Desert Island Sabbath songs. Uh, Children of the Grave, fucking great song. I'm so glad you said I that. I love that. Um, 
I'm probably going to go Iron Man only because it was my intro to Sabbath. I think yeah. Iron Man and War Pigs are both like the intro Sabbath yeah. songs. I mean, yes. that's, that was kind of like my first uh, intro, I would say. But I, the third one's tough. I mean, I can go Am I Going Insane, A National Acrobat. Barry's uh, Wear Boots is uh, one of my favorite songs. Uh, that's, that's a great one, one too. On the Sky Picks. is a great song. Uh, yeah, that's probably one of my favorite songs of all time also. But I might go with uh, Heaven and Hell as my third. I think it's one I think it's one of the top 10 guitar riffs of all time, to be honest with you. It's a great song. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a great um, changeover with Sabbath because they really became a different band. Yeah. And I like when there's certain band, like Anthrax is a band that's like that too. And they had Joey Belladonna switched over to John Bush. They became a totally different band. They still had the Sabbath sound, but Dio took that to a different level. Cause he, he was really, besides Freddie Mercury, I think he's the greatest heavy metal, heavy hard rock singer of all time. What about Bruce Dickinson? I love Bruce Dickinson. And I, you know, Bruce Dickinson's version of Sabbath Bloody Sabbath from the Nativity in Black cover album is the best one on the album. But yeah. and I mean I don't know I I still go Dio over over Bruce Dickinson. My whole my whole <laughs> ceiling when I was in junior high school it was just a giant Master of Reality poster that I that I had, that I had made. And uh, I, I Sabbath when I was in high school I, I used to have like this denim jacket with with uh, the cross on the back. Oh, I would say the Glenn Miller the Glenn Miller Orchestra on the back. <laughs> yes, yes. I, well. <laughs> I like Tommy Dorsey, you know, because I had I had Edge. Did you twenty three skidoo at your, at your social? Yes, yes, yes. I was very into like you know this was, this was again the nineteen twenties, and when I would hang out to speakeasies, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I, did you go? But, did you go for a malted at the soda shop afterwards? Yes, we, you know we spoke to the soda jerk, and uh, you know I said, uh, "Hey, can you play his twenty three skidoo for me?" You know, so I wake watch the flappers dance. You know, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was into Sabbath and I would wear this Sabbath jacket and, but I, I did it myself. So like I had to cram the last, the last couple of letters in at oh, the end because it didn't Christ. fit in the cross. <laughs> the best is just picture you making it. Like, it's just like I'm sitting down at a table making this denim jacket. You know what I made it out of charcoal, like charcoal colors. Awesome. I can just, I can, I can actually picture Jeff right now. Okay. No glasses. Right. Long mullet, long hair, long hair, long hair, sitting at his table, going, "I'm gonna get so much fucking pussy from this <laughs> pussy." And I, and he, everybody, like my black Sabbath jacket. There's no H on it. My black Sabbath. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, how much of a, how out of touch I was. Like when Sabbath, uh, when Sabbath, you know, uh, kind of broke up and 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 they came out with you know Heaven Hell before it even was released, and Ozzy left. I remember being at a party and I'm talking to this girl and like, I was all upset. And she's like, what's, what's going on? I'm like, Ozzy's out of Sabbath. Yeah. And, yeah. I'm, uh, and they got this guy Dio and I don't know what this is going to be. And she's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, Mike like, didn't say, Mike you didn't say anything. Mike didn't say anything. Cause he was still swimming in his dad's balls at that time <laughs> when you were out of high school. <laughs> I'm in high school and I'm, I'm upset. I'm talking to girls about Sabbath. Like no oh, girl God. gave a shit. Like oh. Rush and Sabbath are the yeah. are, are the two like like total like like salami bands. You know, like no girls are into those bands. Jeff, what's wrong? Ozzy's not on Sabbath anymore. Yeah, right. That's what I was like. <laughs> and, the, and the girl's like, "What's what's wrong with you? You're not in the band." I don't even know this Ronnie James Dio. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> what I was like. I was like, oh, I don't know what it's gonna be. In fact. I love and when when Heaven and Hell came out, I loved it so much, you know, that I got to listen to it a little bit. Like when I uh, graduated, that was like my um, that that was my my quote in the high school yearbook. Uh. Now, no, no, Sean, I'm gonna make it so the next time you see me, you will punch me in the face, and I'm gonna deserve it. Okay, go ahead. I, but my, mine, the, look, I will preface this: mine is equally as douchey. No way, yeah. no way. Mike, Mike, we're having a contest right now. So we'll we'll talk about it. We're gonna have a contest right now. I'm gonna say mine. Sean's gonna say his, and you tell me which is more douchey. Okay, okay. okay this was my quote. You ready, Sean? Yeah. And, oh God, this is so embarrassing. All right. The quote was: "The world is full of kings and queens that blind your eyes and steal your dreams. It's heaven and hell." <laughs> that was my quote. Yeah, yours is worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
How much do you want to fucking punch? I really do. I really do. Mine I thought was, it was so profound. Mine was Man. the same thing. The same thing that makes you live can kill you in the end. Oh, you're deep. <laughs> you're deep. That was a, a Neil. It was from uh, Neil Young from Hank to Hendrix. <laughs> yeah. You know, what mine was every new beginning comes from some other beginnings and semisonic. Fucking semisonic faggot. And, and, and faggot. I hyphen, <laughs> hyphen semisonic in the fucking yearbook. Oh, I think Keegan wins this one. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> nobody could out douche my yearbook. Yeah, well, was, why? Why couldn't USB stop collaborate and listen? That should have been your fucking. <laughs> oh man! Oh my god! Oh, that that is is when, Jeff, when Jeff made that denim jacket, I'm just picturing that scene in Billy Madison when he shows up to the high school with the REO speedwagon denim jacket <sighs> on. I could relate to that. <laughs> I loved REO speedwagon. Still do. Uh, yeah. That's why I love Cobra Kai so much is because like, Johnny is still in the 80s and there was an episode where he's wearing a zebra uh, T-shirt and I'm trying to find that zebra T-shirt. Do you guys remember <laughs> Zebra? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You do. See, they were a big Long Island band. This Randy yeah, Jackson still plays every bar in, in, in freaking yeah, uh, Tuesday Jackson, night. Yeah. If you look in Good Times Magazine, there's Randy Jackson somewhere showing up, you know. You still um, read Good Times Magazine? Yeah, I not I have when I used to work in bars, they used to the magazine used to always be in the bars that I worked at. So you listen to, uh, to, to Sabbath, but who else do you like? You're a couple uh, of them said. It, it's kind of, kind of a collector. I'm a big Metallica fan also. Uh the band I've probably seen the most is OAR. I'm a big OAR guy. Really? Um, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's not bad. bad. I've probably seen them like 18 times. Me and my cousin go see them every summer when they're playing at the beach over here. Um OAR yeah. is one of those bands that like all the guys who like like go to the shows to see them have like the flip flops that have like the beer opener on the bottom of the flip flop. Uh, that's my cousin, and uh, <laughs> you know I love them, but that's my cousin, one hundred percent. My cousin, my cousin's thirty seven, same age as me, just a perpetual frat boy. You know, he lives in Long Beach on the water over here, and uh, that's him. But I, I uh, yeah, so I've seen them the most. But like I mentioned, the Jeff also like I was into like glam metal a lot for a while. So I like Faster Pussycat, L.A. Guns. Uh, I've seen L.A. Guns a ton of times. Hmm. Did you see yeah. L.A. Guns with uh, Phil Lewis singing, or did you see uh, Tracy Guns as L.A. Guns with the just fir- the first time I saw L.A. Guns was Phil Lewis. Uh, second times it was second time was uh, it was Phil Lewis and Stacy Blades the first time I saw them. Then the second time I think it was like. Jizzy Pearl was in the band, and um, it was uh, Tracy Guns. And now Phil Lewis and and Tracy Guns are back together, and there's another L.A. Guns. They're they're, they're touring this summer. Yeah, they are Riley's L.A. Guns because they just had they just uh, they just settled of the lawsuit between the two bands. So Riley's ridiculous. Yeah, I guarantee you, by the end of 2021, early 2022, you're going to see Sebastian Bach back in Skid Row. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I agree. Well, you know that. what happened, right? This, their new their singer has a uh, uh, liver disease, and he can't oh, perform. Right. And he got like stage four liver cancer. Oh really? shit! No, I'm like, that. oh, what what a shame. Hey, can we get Sebastian back? Like, I have no qualms. <laughs> I don't give a shit if this guy dies. I just want to see Sebastian Bach playing back in Skid Row. Jesus Last Christ! Sure. Bach, it was so disrespectful. <laughs> I saw it was Sebastian Bach opened up for Tesla and uh, White Snake at Jones Beach, and they gave San- was this Sebastian in like, Bach- like 1987. No, this was like five years ago. Oh, okay. And uh, and they they gave Sebastian Bach like ten minutes. He did like three songs, and that was it. And then fucking you had to sit. You know, I like Tesla, but I was there really there to see Sebastian Bach and White Snake. But what songs did he do? Um, I don't even remember what songs he did. Eighteen in Life. He definitely did eighteen in Life. Gotta do eighteen in Life. Monkey Business. I don't remember. I'm sure he did. If he does three songs, he's doing. You've gone wild, eighteen in life, and I remember you. And he's getting the fuck yeah. off the stage. And that's, I hate, I hate, I remember you. Definitely do I remember you? I'd rather hear Quicksand Jesus. Yeah. Great song. <laughs> Wasted time is even better. Yeah, but I, I agree. I think they are. They will wind up uh, getting back together. Um, Faster Pussycat does a great cover of "You're So Vain." Oh my god, how good is that? Yeah, it's it's really one of the the better covers that, that I've ever heard. They changed yeah. their sound though a little bit too. Like they're one of those bands that were were real, like glam eighties. But now they're kind of like more of an industrial, uh, goth kind of vibe. Yeah. Like 
they they've, yeah. they've changed their look. They they put out like some weird fucking. Yeah, and like he's like clean, tame me down. He's like clean and sober now, and uh, was, like kind of depressing. The last time I saw them, you know what? No rock star should be clean and sober. Yeah, I know. I, mean, I know. Just do do yeah. snort some Xanax or something. You be no one should be straight, but you got to be able to perform. Did you guys see? Uh, about a, a right before COVID, really, the video that was circulating about um, Stephen Fiercey from Rat. He was out in Long Island at, at the uh, Paramount, and he, 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 I mean, he couldn't even stand. He was he's sitting on the um, uh, on the uh, riser of the drum kit, and he's just kind of like laid out, and really? he's just mumbling the words. And it's, it's it was embarrassing. It was it was bad. He said, "I didn't." One of the weirdest things I ever saw but with something like that was that there was a show called New York Steel. Mm-hmm. It was right after 9-11, and they put together a big show that all the money was going to first responders, and it was like Twisted Sister, Anthrax, uh, Ace Freely, Sebastian Bach, I think was on the show. It's like all the New York bands. It was all, yeah, it was, it was all New York people. All the money went to, to, to the FDNY, stuff like that. So they announced Ace Freely. Now, I'm tall. I'm 6'3". My friend Joe is 6'6". We could see almost o- over anybody at these concerts. And we're looking, and we see somebody just, like, passed out. Ace is passed out on the on his stack, on the side of his stack of his, of his amps, right? And his hands on his guitar. And they go, ladies and gentlemen, Ace Freely. And someone comes from behind and pushes him, <laughs> like, full on pushes. He wakes up, and he goes right into it. He just starts wailing. He's passed out three seconds before drunk over his ass and then just starts wailing into New York groove. That's Fuck probably him. that's probably what they do at every show that he did. They're just used to that that being out. Oh, crazy shit, man. That's funny. Um, I, I had a good uh, Sabbath story I wanted to tell you when you, when you asked me to do it. Um, if you don't mind. No, yeah. of course. We, that's what we would love to hear. It. <laughs> so it was a couple of years ago. They were doing the farewell tour tour and they were coming to the Jones Beach over here. First of all, Jones Beach, my favorite place to see a concert. It's right on the Never water. Been. Oh, it's so good. The, the band plays like on the water and it's like separate from where the, where the crowd sits. And it's really awesome. Um, so I wasn't able to go because I had a gig and like two days before the gig, it gets canceled. So I'm like, I got to get tickets to this concert. So I went on StubHub and I saw two tickets, $35 each. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. I figured like it's two days before the show. Somebody's trying to get rid of tickets cheap. So I bought them $35 each. I called up our friend, Richie Byrne. Uh, I know he's a big Sabbath fan too. I'm yeah, like, Rich- he, did the, he did the show. Yeah, yeah. So I go, uh, I go, Richie. Um, uh, I got two tickets to Sabbath. I got them. Uh, you want, you want to go? It's, uh, it's on Friday. You working? He's like, No, I'm not working. Let's go. So I'm like, I'll pick you up. So Richie's psyched. He's like, What do I owe you for the tickets? I'm like, Nah, I got you. Like, you know, thirty five dollars a ticket. I don't hey, get give me a beer. <laughs> yeah, get exactly. me a beer at the venue. <laughs> yeah, hot It'll shot. be the same. So, uh, so it was like the. A perfect situation and then he's all, he's thrilled because he's getting a free ticket i'm driving him to the concert we pull into the parking lot and my friend chris is doing security there i didn't even know and he let us park in like the vip section i'm like this is beautiful nice so we get walk up to the gate i show the lady the tickets and uh there was an older lady and she goes she goes okay thanks now where are your tickets i'm like i just handed them to you she goes, no, these are to get into the VIP tent. You also need tickets to the concert. Oh, you so fucking I, idiot. I think <laughs> I rem- you posted about this, didn't you? Yeah, I think, yeah, either I, I know, I think Richie might have posted about it. Oh, I remember I this. And dude, and now I'm arguing with this lady because she's old. I'm figuring that she doesn't know what she's talking about. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is the ticket. I just handed you the tickets. I bought them from StubHub. And she's like, no, a lot of people make this mistake. That's just to get into the VIP tent but you have to have tickets to the concert also. And I'm yelling. I'm like, I want to see your manager. I want to speak to somebody. And Richie's ah. walking away. I'm thinking he's just embarrassed. When he walked away, he went up to the ticket booth and bought two fucking tickets to the concert. <laughs> <laughs> she Cheapest tickets were like $185 each. So now oh. Richie comes over and he's like, Mike, I got the tickets. Let's just go in. And uh, I'm like, I don't have any cash on me. So now Richie just paid like over $300 for these two tickets. I'm like, I don't have any cash on me. I'm like, I'll buy you some drinks when we get in. And uh, <laughs> it was the most embarrassing thing. I'm yelling at this lady, asking to speak to the manager. So Richie ends up now he's now he's down now he's out almost four hundred dollars. And uh, we ended up. It was a great time though. We were in the VIP tent, so you're right next to the stage and stuff. Oh. But I bought him a couple of beers. I'm like, I had my credit card on me. Something <laughs> like that happened to me. I'm at a Yankee game. Uh, do you guys know Chris Murphy? Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, you're a com- comedian. Me and Chris Murphy would go to the Yankee game. Uh, we're supposed to meet uh, Vincent James. You know Vincent James? Yeah, was- you know Vincent James is in our league, right? He's in our league, yeah. Right? yeah. So, so it's like the three of us, right? So we're at, we're at the game, and I have the tickets, and I, I think it was the first time I ever bought anything on mm-hmm. the pub. And um, I, go, I go, we go up to, to, uh, to go into the game, and they go scan it, and it comes up red. I'm like, there's no fucking way. I go, I, I bought these tickets. They're, they're legit. Mm. Comes up red. They tell me to go to, to the mat. And I'm arguing with this guy, but just like you. I'm, I'm like, there's no fucking way. Okay, there's, you, your, your thing is defective. There's no way, right? He goes, well, he goes, there's nothing I can do. Go to go to the um, to the ticket office. You know, so I go to the, the, the ticket office and I'm and I, and I come with an attitude. I'm like, I'm like, your fucking sister, right? And I'm, I'm making a scene. It's, it's embarrassing. The guy's real calm. He's just like this. The tickets are for tomorrow. Oh shit! I fucked up the day, and so now we're there, and I ha- and like I have to get. We're not gonna not go to the game, so I bought tickets. I had to transfer the tickets. I gave. I had gigs the next day. I gave the tickets to for the next day to my uh, niece and nephew. Oh, Going to this game cost me over five hundred dollars. You know, right. because, because because I can't tell the difference between a Tuesday and a Wednesday. I told you the Metallica story, right, with Joe Fernandez. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Please tell Keegan you're gonna fucking hate Sean Morton with this. And this so, is a good way to close this. One of show. my best one of my Telling best friends. Embarrassing story. One of my best friends was a, a DJ at uh, the big rock station here. So mm-hmm. he gives us all tickets from Metallica at Giant Stadium. So we go and like, you know, he has good seats. I had second to last row. In the upper upper mm. level, so it's me and I. Uh, I asked Joe Fernandez to come. And he's like, "Yeah, I'll come, no problem." So uh, my friend says, "Hey, do me a favor. Just you, know, you got to sit with my sister in law and my and my best friend. Just make sure you keep an eye on them." Blah blah blah. Now, uh, Sean went into uh, beast mode when he came to drinking in the parking lot beforehand. So I was annihilated. So we go all the way to the top, and like it's two rows from from the top, right? <laughs> and the girls go we have to go to the bathroom. So I'm like, I gotta be a good friend. I gotta watch the girls. So I'll go, Joe, let's take a walk with them. Make, make sure we go down. Right. So we go downstairs. And as soon as we get down to the bottom, we're walking towards the bathroom. I see guest services and I go, ladies, give me your tickets. So I get all their tickets. I grab Joe's ticket and then go, ma'am, can I ask a question? I go, can we have uh, better seats? And she goes, well, what's the matter with your seats? I go, look, I don't want to be, I don't want to like, you know, make a big stink, but I'm a pretty famous comedian and our, and our seats are, are, and our seats oh. are really high. Oh, I go, God. and plus it's my friend's birthday. And she goes here and she shows her license and she looks at me. She goes, you give me some tickets to a show. I was like, absolutely, honey. She goes, let me see what I can do. She takes our four tickets from section 327, row 32, hands me four tickets. She goes, happy birthday, honey. I'll hit you up on those tickets. And I look down 14th row. Upgraded. I don't, I don't know what's more douchey right now. You, you're. I'm a famous comedian. I said I'm kind of a famous comedian. Kind of a famous comedian. (laughs) By the way, you're saying, honey. Oh yeah. But here's the best part, Mike. The best part about it is, I get the four tickets. Now we start going down, and we're and we're literally 14 rows from the stage on the side. So now, my friend's on the floor. And he's like, well, how the, how the fuck did you do this, right? So now he comes running around, and then he comes down my section. So now what we're doing is I'm handing at him four tickets. So now he's running back up, and he's bringing three people down. And then he's taking the four tickets and running people up and bringing four people back down. We had an entire section of all our friends because we all met and used the same four tickets, and we watched the show from the 14th row. Oh, it, was wow. so, it was so close to the pyro, I had a suntan when I was done. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, that's great. That, that, that's a great, oh. great story. Speaking oh. of tickets, before we wrap up, <laughs> Keegan, what's going on with that, that festival? Which festival? I don't know. There was a festival that we all kind of commented on, said we should go to that oh, festival. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I forgot to get the tickets, but uh, I'm going to get them. That was um, with bands that were there. But uh, it, it looked like a, a good festival. That's what all, I'm saying. And you know, I was in, was it uh, in Philly? Yeah, I think, I think it was in Maryland. It's in Maryland. Uh, this is the su- this is going to be the summer. Summer festivals are usually amazing. Yeah. This summer is going to be the most ridiculous summer of festivals ever because yeah, that, that everybody lineup, 
until next year, which is even going to be better. No, well, I mean, probably, but this is the year because everybody is just chomping at the bit to want to get out and play. And there's and no place to play. Metallica is, is doing these festivals and they're playing two nights on the festivals. They're doing the oh, Friday right. and the Sunday night on every festival. It's wow. fucking insane. Did you see, though, however, the stadium tour with um, Def Leppard and um, Motley Crue got pushed back. However, there's a second stadium tour that is going to happen and that is Weezer, Fallout Boy and Green Day. It's not a bad show. Playing also playing City Field. That's really cool. And oh, I will in tell this you area. Weezer is a great band. I know Jeff loves them. They love just them. put out a new album called Van Weezer. Excellent. I absolutely love this record. Really? Excellent. It's a tribute to Van Halen. So well, it's kind of like, it's, it's a tribute like to 80. It's a tribute to a lot of bands. There's a, a total um, Crazy Train riff on that song. Yeah, too. the whole song is Crazy Train. But yeah, they did like yeah. a whole album. It's like a tribute to Eddie Van Halen. And they do what do they? They cover Eddie Van Halen. No, no covers. They no wrote covers. original songs that sound yeah. like '80s Van Halen. Oh, I gotta check that out. That's awesome. It's really yeah. good. I love what Weezer's doing now. They're doing like fun shit. Like they did Africa. Um, they, well, they, they did a, did a cover album. album. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was great. Um, they did the Aha. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, they they covered you know they, they covered a bunch of stuff. They're a fun band, you know. Yeah, and fun. they also I don't know if you guys have ever seen them live, but they are kind of like they kind of have a heavy edge to them live. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's he's a brilliant genius, Rivers Cuomo. He went really went to like Harvard or something, right? He's, he did go to Harvard, yeah. And I, you know, I think their best album is probably the second one. I think Pink. I think Pinkerton's great. It's a great he was, completely yeah. misunderstood album and i think the thing about that album was when it first came out uh bad critical acclaim five yeah. years later it's on everybody's must listen to list yeah. it's a lot of the top 100 like albums of all time a lot of albums are like that though yeah, yeah. but, but anyway uh, man, one episode look into that festival because every it's a the july 4th weekend i think it is and it was like night ranger and shit and yeah I, who i love i love night ranger but I, uh, we can't do it. We I, can't go the next weekend, Jeff, because me and you are performing at Laugh It Up Comedy Club in Poughkeepsie, New York. I, know, look, I am really looking forward to it. I love that club. Dan McRitchie. Dan is and, an amazing dude, and uh, his daughter is adorable. Yes. And yeah. uh, looks just like him. Yeah. Dan's a funny dude because me and Dan have totally different politics. So we argue on yeah. No, so oh, it's no all get out of here. <laughs> But he's a good dude. Listen, man, we could we could do this for another hour, but um, this this went this went by really quick. Mike, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. We really appreciate no it. Thank you guys. It was good hanging, man. I miss you. Fun. Always, always, yeah. So look up, look into those tickets. Let's leave that weekend open and let's uh let's all hang, yeah, guys. Just- thank you so much for listening to Who's Your Band. You know, we'll back be back. Uh, actually, I think. Sure, I think we'll take off next weekend, right? Memorial Day weekend? Memorial Day weekend, we deserve a break. I'm working on a big show for us. I'm trying to get... I'm pulling some strings, Jeffrey. I'm pulling some strings. Uh, well, possible. I'm I'm reaching out to Pat Benatar's people, okay? I'm trying to make this happen. <laughs> um, if I can't, I'm, she's going to be performing in Morristown, New Jersey on October 5th on a Sunday. And I'm trying to work out that we can do a live interview with Pat Benatar. If I can pull this off, Jeffrey... I will definitely make sure that the the BJ that you give me is not toothy because that is going to be your dream. Uh, I'm also working on another big name. I'm not going to mention any names, but we just kind of said that Weezer did a tribute album to a certain band. And maybe this guy's dad was in the band. I don't know. Huh. Guys, we're breaking, we're, we're breaking news here on who's mm-hmm. your band. Um, but keep listening, keep subscribing. Um, hey, listen, we wound up getting a nice uh, mention again in Blabbermouth that uh, yes. that episode's numbers went up and you saw our subscriptions go up. So, guys, yes. just please just keep keep doing what you're doing. You know, we, we really appreciate it. And uh, I'm glad you know, this is the first time in a long time that you and I have done a show like together. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that that's cool. And we get to hang with our old buddy, Mike Kagan. Well, All right, blabber, everybody. Blabbermouth to mumble mouth. Anyway, thank you for a great episode. And we will uh, hit subscribe and like. And uh, Mike, what's your social media handle so they can look up, look you up and, uh, and uh, like you, friend you? At Mike CJ Keegs. And then just Mike Keegan on Facebook is where most of my stuff is. So CJ Keegs. <laughs> God. All right. We're out of here. Bye, guys. Bye.